Hi listeners, I'm Lisa, the founder of Maxine VR and the host of Maximize Mental Health. This podcast is for Gen Z and everyone who wants to talk about mental health, struggles and everyday problems. Every week we're inviting guests who are sharing their personal stories. Join us for casual conversations between our co-hosts Barbara and Ryan and our weekly guests who are breaking taboos and stigma around mental health. Welcome to Maximize Mental Health. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for joining us today, um, Barbara, to talk to us about um, uh, some of your mental health struggles and all the rest of it. Um, so I suppose I'll just start off with, I guess, like a pretty general question. What, um, what, was, the, what was the nature of your mental health struggles? Like, what, what did you feel, was it did you feel that like you had precisely and when did it start and all of that? Um, I can pinpoint when it did start. Uh, it was just before university. I believe I don't take change that well, um, which has been happening a lot in my life because I've been moving countries a lot as a child, but for some reason I've never been able to adapt to it um, well, may I say. So when I was going to university, just before university, I suffered a really big panic attack where it lasted like five hours it was terrible oh, yeah it was and it it's something that I've never really experienced before I've had anxiety before like a school uh project or an oral or something yeah. like that but never yeah. of this um uh multitude like never this big I thought I was I needed to go to the hospital my parents were very um stressed but anyways that that happened and from then on, I believe I was never able to um, kind of balance or, I don't know, just treat it properly. I, I kind of put it in the back burner yeah. and never thought about it again. Yeah. But yeah. what started happening and it's happening to this day is um, I still suffer from anxiety attacks, not from that magnitude, mm. but... It still happens a lot today just when something is changing or um something that can trigger me um which is hard to pinpoint if you don't talk to a therapist or a professional and that mm -hmm. happened for a long time until i was able to find help um it it was just terrible because um i just didn't know what to do i didn't want to get out of bed and i didn't mm -hmm. want to be with my friends or and i didn't and it, it was just hard to do daily tasks. It was really starting to affect my day to day. And that's when I knew, okay, this is a problem. I need to take care of it. Even yeah. though nothing um, extreme happens, it's just out of the blue. Um, I started becoming very anxious about everything. And mm. I think it was that change, like moving away from my parents, from that comfort of my home, having that support and being in a completely different country by myself that really triggered it. And now there's like um, other things that come into it. It's not just change. There's a lot um, There's a lot of factors that affect the way I feel day to day. And um, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, um, I think um, I hear what you're saying about like um a completely sort of like you know in terms of like your social life and like friends and stuff like that you had the you 
retreated into your bed and you know you didn't want to leave bed because like you know you were kind of like maybe preempting another panic attack and you didn't want that to happen and yeah it's one of those things that's just really debilitating and just you know makes you retreat into yourself and so just avoid anything else so I suppose following on from that um how did it affect um your you, you know your self-concept in relation to your peers you know how did it make you feel and did it, did it change the way you related to like friends like you know like before before is there like a difference in how you related to your peers and how you thought about yourself pre panic attack and post panic attack and what what would be the nature of the differences there oh definitely um before um even with myself i could i would be really easily um be able to relate to others have um conversations be social um going out more or if I just decided to stay at home, that would be fine too. There was never anything in the back of my mind saying like, what are you doing? Like, oh, you need to move, you need to like mm -hmm. do something, you need to be with your friends, you need to live your life to the fullest, um, all of that talk. And after the panic attack happened, I kind of, um, I don't want to, in a way, okay, I'll say it, I'll, I felt really um, alone lonely that no one else was going through the same thing as me even though all of us all of my peers was were going through the same situation in essence they were moving away from their family home going to university to a different country because I had a lot of um, friends um, from back at home that came to the UK for example or to the US and they seemed just fine perfectly fine um, having fun making friends um, really uh, making the most out of that university experience and really trying to like find yourself, your likings, uh, whatever that may be. And maybe the reason why I couldn't relate to any of my peers is because no one really puts it out there on social media. Like, oh my God, I can't get out of, ha of my house because I'm really anxious. Yeah. Um, everyone just seems really fine. And I kind of secluded myself from everyone. Like the first three months, I really didn't make any friends. In university, I didn't, even with the people back at home, I didn't really meet up with them. I was just very secluded. I kind of, and then um, it was just really hard to get out of it. And up to date, up to now, it still kind of hits me sometimes. And then as bad as that is, this anxious feeling that I can't really um, pinpoint why, I have this other thing on the back of my head saying, you're in your early 20s, this is the best years of your life as everyone says it. Um, you need to go out, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then it just kind of triggers me even more. And I just go into this really deep cycle of, I just freeze. I just don't get out of bed, nothing like that. And um, yeah, I guess uh, feeling this way and not talking about it, just really isolated myself from everyone else because I could see, I could see that people we're not in the same mental health space as me. Um, yeah. Even yeah. some of my peers at university, because I did eventually make friends. Um, <laughs> they just, um, they just, it, it was weird. They, we didn't talk about it. And um, sometimes I would just shut myself off in my room and I just wasn't really able to connect to them on a deeper level, maybe because of that, because I didn't let myself, my mental state didn't let itself get closer to anyone because I didn't relate to them at all um and uh, it still affects me now in a way um when I'm with when I'm in social settings going to an event or going to a little party um I can I could make friends on the surface level but not really on the deeper level because 
Um, yeah. It sounds very corny, but I feel like no one will get me. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, I don't no, know I if that you... answered the question. But yeah, yeah. No, uh, brilliant. No, thank you. Um, I think I think that follows. It's, you made some really, really, you sort of brought up some very, very interesting sort of um, points there. You made an, I think you made an interesting contrast between, you know, it's kind of sort of commonplace that your 20s are supposed to be the best years of your life and supposed to be involved. Yeah. Like, basically, just like, you know, partying, traveling, socializing. Exactly. Maybe all yeah. those together. But, you know, how did you deal with, um, and you know, you made a point about the contrast between, you know, that being like the commonplace knowledge about your 20s and like, you know, having these really intense emotions that were forcing you to seclude yourself and, you know, you weren't enjoying what you were previously doing and, you know, you really mm-hmm. have to be almost like a, in a permanent kind of state of self-preservation way. You know, you're not really, you want to let anyone close, you're yeah. completely secluded, all of that. What was the sort of, I suppose following off on that, what was the sort of strongest um, emotion, you know, and elicited for you by all of that, you know, because um, I felt like, you know, that, that contrast is really profound between the 20s supposed to be X, Y, and Z and all these emotions. Like what, what From the minute you woke up during that phase to the minute you go to bed, and even now, like maybe it's to a lesser extent now, but... What what was what's the strong what was the strongest kind of like you know overriding feeling for you? Um, I just felt really um I would go into this really self-deprivating um mm-hmm. um conversations with myself that as such as like why are you not strong enough to go through these daily things? Like my logical self would kind of um just nag on and nag on to me and be like why aren't you okay why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that like this is really easy you've been doing this all this time until you were 18 17 and now for some reason you're just not able to do these things and basically I was just I would just go I would still go into the cycle of I'm very weak I'm a weak person and the worst part is that that also affects your mental health even further and it's yeah. just a terrible, terrible, deep cycle of I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling anxious. I can't do this. I can't do that. And on top of that, I reprimand myself in a way like, why can't you do these things? Even though I know I'm anxious and sometimes I try to accept mm-hmm. that feeling or that I yeah. have these uh, mental health concerns, issues, whatever, I still don't mm-hmm. know why my logical side can't accept it as well because it's Mm. maybe because um I grew up not being normal but like you know just my mental health was quite um neutral nothing really bad ever happened I was never anxious or depressed I've had some peers who did go through that but on deeper levels even because of certain things that happened in their lives but it never happened with me so my logical side gets on to me because um I can't do these things anymore it's just kind of like I lost myself a little bit so that's kind of the um the emotional the most the strongest emotion I believe that on top of my head that I can think of that really affects me from suffering of these things it's just the like me being mean to myself and just reprimanding myself for things that I cannot do even though I really really want to (laughs) yeah yeah of course of course um I think um it's a it's a it's a really it's really interesting sort of um um avenue to go down in a way because I think um I think in some of our conversations prior to this interview we're talking about you know 
I think you mentioned that you had friends, like you just said, there now who had like things that were. It's easy to see why they had poor mental health in a way. Exactly. And then you were saying, but nothing like that really happened to me. So you kind of maybe it was your logical side, kind of like, look, nothing's happened to you. You should be okay, sort of thing. And you know, exactly. it truly sounds terrible to try and balance, you know, uh, what going on. It just leads to a vicious cycle, of course. That's very common knowledge of, you know, the, your head tells you, you know, like uh, you're having poor mental health anyway, coming from somewhere deep within the recesses of your brain. But mm-hmm. like the, the logical side is kind of making that worse by engaging that kind of self-deprecating sort of talk. Um, I think yeah. did, did, it, did it increase, did all those experiences, um, I suppose, falling on, did, did, did they make you appreciate, you know, because um, you mentioned about, taking like sort of normal mental health for granted in a way you didn't really have anything happen to you sort of until university that sort of thing mm-hmm. did it make you appreciate you know, other people's poor mental health more like did it increase your empathy in that regard or or just sort of your broader appreciation um for other people's mental health is that mm-hmm. oh definitely I've become a very sensitive person um mm-hmm. and so much so that I'm much more or less confrontational in a way I really think about the way um, people would go back home and think about a conversation I had with them and how that would affect their sense of self or because um, everyone because if I feel this way this is how I think about it if I feel this way and no one knows about it I can only imagine that other people may be going through something as well and just don't have the the strength to talk about it or they're not in a place where they want to share so I just became much more sensitive in the way I talk to people in the way I express my feelings so I'm very even with um for example going for to a restaurant um I try my best to be the nicest (laughs) um customer you can have if they get my uh my order wrong I believe it's my fault I'm like it's my fault Mm. it's fine it's fine like they they're just maybe just or if they're being mean to me or rude to me I just I don't think much of it as well like like maybe they're having a rough day maybe they're not going through the best today even that they can be just a rude person but I can't I don't know why my brain can't compute that like maybe they're just really going through a tough time and that's how this experience I'm going to call it an experience has been affecting the way I look at others and the way I validate other people's mental health I take it really seriously because of the way it has affected me and Mm -hmm. I believe that's a good thing the way the fact that you brought that brought that up I've never really thought about it um it's really interesting but it's just I guess the good part of all of this is just um valuing other people's mental health and um taking each person as uh an individual like a just case by case and I think that's really good and I think I'm actually going to write this in my journal because um it uh even though it makes me feel so bad about my, about myself it kind of improved myself because as a teenager young teenager I never really thought about people's feelings I was I can say that I was a mean kid at times very gossipy very in people's business and I'm not like that anymore like I shouldn't be I don't it's not that I don't really care like I shouldn't really care about these things about people like they have their lives they're they have their own experiences if they do something a certain way it's maybe because something led to that so yeah no thank you very much that was very very wonderful and in-depth sort of um exposition there of um, what you went through i think um there, there is a bit of an uh, 
a theme i think like you were talking about you know um uh what you said at the end there about being like maybe a little mean or gossipy in, in your words and that sort of thing is it kind mm-hmm. of experience with your own mental health kind of take you from a world where as, where I, I find this is something that i find you know talking to lots of people and work with lots of people that before their mental health struggles um if they haven't some people are born into like terrible you know circumstances and their mm-hmm. mental health terrible from the get-go but, but people who've had maybe quite a good life up until a certain point then they've had mental health struggles and it's changed them in that regard and um, they, they do often talk about kind of like being what would you say kind of like redirected from that kind of superficial kind of way of relating to people yeah. kind of like oh that's what's going on they're weird or you know that they're not doing it right to really trying to be like everyone has a story everyone comes from somewhere the person's acting that way because their circumstances have provided the platform for them to act that way so you kind of move from a a kind of surface level engagement with people to actually really appreciating everyone's deep humanity on a deep level and that's a very common theme that that that's quite a lot like um i think um has it has it it might be strange to say but has the, the 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 poor mental health you've experienced been very instructive in that way and has it been instructive how has it been have you found that it's been even though it was a very harsh thing to go through of course did you find that it was instructive for kind of many areas of your life in that regard you've kind of not really looked at anything the same way in a way oh um definitely um just just like like we mentioned before just interacting with people the way I interact with people or I think about people on the get-go like first like first encounters or anything like that. I really try to take it as a, as a like face spaces, like, or maybe not, I don't know. I don't know how to put it into words, but before, right before I spoke to that person, I already had like a prejudgment of who that person was going to be. Like this person is lame. This person, I was, I wouldn't get on with them or they look weird or dress weird or superficial ideas like that, that don't really matter at all. And I really wish I, I changed I was like this like from the get-go from the beginning of my life I was I wish I would be a much nicer more comprehensible person with my sister like sometimes before when she used we used to have contradictions or arguments I used to be very pissed off and then but now I feel like I've grown up from that and I can just really take a step back and say maybe there's something else going on that she's not telling me or yeah, just uh, even with conversations with other people, if someone is saying, if a best friend of mine is telling me about this um, interaction they had and they're really putting it on to that person and being very deprecating to that person, I, I try to maybe, <laughs> I try to maybe um, shift that conversation, be like, oh, but um, do you think that maybe they're doing this because of that or this has been going on in their lives? Do you think this is what? it's causing them to treat you this way and if if it's something really bad obviously like I'll tell them to talk about it and confront them but when it's little things like that I just really try to reflect and see people as individuals and not just group them into like these categories I used to when I was a little teenager which wasn't that long ago but um, I'm very thankful that I was able to grow out of that and grow up in a sense although it had to be through these circumstances, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I know, and looking, I, I suppose, like, following on from that, you know, looking, like, those circumstances, 
circumstances were really, really, really difficult because it's never an easy thing to go through. That sort of anxiety attack and panic attack, you know, you mentioned the last five hours, it just sounds oh, yeah, totally horrific. And no one would be the same, sort of the same person as they were pre that panic attack. You know, that's that's something that's just, you know, very extraordinary in a way, you know, um, I think. Was it... Was this part of the reason? Um, was this part of the reason why, like, going through this and reflecting on it and seeing how you've changed and how you relate to people, um, and all of that? Was this? Um, am I right to assume this was a big motivation for you, um, joining Maxim and all of that? And is it is a, is is joining Maxim a, a way in which you want to like further extend that compassion and that understanding for uh, other people? Definitely, I believe that Maxim could be a very when I first heard of the position and what they were doing, I believe um, mm. Maxim can be a very good output to teach people about these kind of things and being sympathetic and um, learn about mental health issues and destigmatizing men mental health topics, um, sometimes without going through these circumstances like I had to, because um, at my age, for me to, we used to have some conversations about like oh this person's depressed or this person has anxiety that was about it but people still um thought of it as kind of like we don't believe you <laughs> you're just doing this because you don't want to be happy or like you can really change if you really wanted to like depression is a choice that's that sort of um mindset and I believe it's really crucial to teach young people that that's not at all how mental health works and what goes through your brain and all of that. We need to teach um, the younger generation that obviously from the perspective of the outsider, the person looking into someone with mental health struggles, that it's just not a choice. It's not something that they can just switch when they would like to. It, this person needs very, like a lot of support and sometimes professional help and you have to be there for them and that's something you need to teach to young kids to kind of change the dynamics at school um how they treat other people and I believe that's mostly the the angle I wanted to come in for Maxime I just wanted people because I'm gonna be very honest I was a mean kid in high school <laughs> very mean um just always, like I said before, just always gossiping. And I, I think it, it was detrimental to other people's mental health now that I'm thinking about it. And I just didn't really care because I wanted to be popular, quote unquote, and just wanted to be known and wanted to be liked. And I didn't care if I had to put other people down to feel better. Although I, w I wasn't very confrontational about it, I believe that the rumors or the things that I involved myself in really um um helped not helped but le led towards other people's um bad mental health states like not having friends or being left out or excluded and that's just not okay and there 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 needs to be a change in the schools and the way younger kids think that it's just not cool it's just not cool like you can't you can't like it was, it's so sad that I had to go through something similar to the peers that I used to talk about to put myself in their shoes and and really take a, a deep look into myself and kind of change myself in the way I interact with people nowadays. 
but yeah, I just, I really wanted to communicate this topic to younger kids. And I think it's a really important um, thing for them to learn about. That's why I really wanted to join Maxine. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. That's a very, 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 very honest of you there. Um, I think um, I found it very, very interesting because I think looking back on, say, if you could sort of like um, think back to sort of your, your, your teenage years and um, being a very different person to what you are now after that experience. Um, with the knowledge that you have now and, you know, reflecting on the experience, can you, can you, uh, if you have, maybe you have thought about it, maybe you haven't, but are you, have you been able to pinpoint what exactly it was that motivated you to say gossip in that way? Was it, you know, or to behave in that way in general overall, not just maybe the gossip, it's just one manifestation of the whole thing going on. And um, were you able to sort of pinpoint what exactly motivated it at a deep level? Um, was it, you know, um, were, were, were you able to sort of pinpoint what exactly it was or at least have a sort of some sort of idea of what it might have been? Oh, definitely. Um, validation, simply put. Mm. I just wanted to have this validation from the older kids because mm. I believe that most people growing up, like the older um, grades or years, they were the cool ones. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had more experience yeah. in life. They were going out. And I just really wanted that validation from them and that acceptance from the people that I looked up to, unfortunately. And so if an older kid came up to me and talked badly about this person or a classmate from my year and said they were lame or they're so weird that they do this sort of they always eat lunch at loan. I would engage on that conversation and just really trash this person just to get a little bit of validation, which at the end, it didn't come into anything because I don't talk to any of those people now. Um, and at this point, I really don't care, really, truly. But it's so sad that um, I wanted to get, I didn't um, think of myself enough as enough and just mm -hmm. think freely or individually of my thoughts. I don't know if that's making sense, but like just thinking yeah, for myself, yeah. like, or, and just standing up and being like, no, I don't think they're weird. I think they're actually pretty cool. Like we talk in class, but no, I would just shun them out and just completely put them down just to make myself better, which is a terrible thing to do. And I, I really want to go back yeah. and punch myself in the face <laughs> and be like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> Like it's it's good because um, I wish I had an older sister because now with my younger sister, we talk about these things and sometimes she comments things like that. Like, oh, this person is so weird, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, and I try to talk to her out of that. I'm like, why are you saying this stuff? Like, did you hear it from someone else? Is that why you think it's okay to talk about this person the way you are? And what are you getting out of that? Things like that. Um, so luckily for her she has someone to guide her through that and I believe that we can kind of be that same older siblings to the people that um interact with Maxine and that's why I really want to just um talk about this topic it's just it's in my perspective it's it's um it's very common for people to want validation and not having a big sense self like self of worth like self-worth sense of self-worth like not being insecure yeah mm -hmm. and sometimes that brings out the worst in people to others 
and um we kind of need to um work on that because in a way that's a problem in itself like not thinking mm -hmm. you're good enough or that your personality mm -hmm. or the way that you think is valuable enough and yeah. we need to talk about that a bit more yeah well, thank you very much um i suppose like fo following off on that is you mentioned something about uh, that i sort of resonated with you mentioned like um trying to impress like the older kids on you um and i actually do remember kind of like the older the seniors in the school would sit at the back of the bus that sort of thing yeah they were they were like, like a different uniform in my case it was a way better uniform before i actually couldn't wait to wear it but i think <laughs> it was way better um but i think like did all that kind of teach you that um as much as uh, poor mental health is about and of course individual factors come into it like person's background and all of that um but did it maybe did it teach you a lot about kind of like what sort of societal factors go into producing you know, poor mental health you know whether it's you know trying to uphold a false self through like trying to you know impress people who are, you consider to be above you in order to kind of distinguish yourself from people who you maybe considered different from you or below you at that point in time um do you think like um make you realize that there, there are a lot of kind of there's a lot of societal factors here as well outside of the individual that really do prime quite a lot of people for insecurity and uh, and poor mental health no i agree with that 100 percent um society from the get-go um classes people um based on their likings the way they look um how they talk and it starts to happen when you go into like i believe fifth grade sixth grade which is quite young if you think about it like you already have established all of these roles in your school like the the kid who's like a nerd or the popular kid the cool kid the funny one and they all have these titles and they're known by that um which is so sad because instead of everyone just um interacting with each other equally and accepting differences in everyone we kind of group them and um individual like not in, we kind of group them into these categories that are really harming to their sense of self and i feel like that when when you're exposed to that um you know from from the start that you do not want to be grouped with these sort of certain exactly. people mm -hmm. right so you try your best to um adapt and change and be something you're not just so you're not um you're not made fun of or bullied or stuff like that like really bad experiences can happen from just being from a group of people that is not widely accepted by society which in my opinion obviously sucks and there needs to be a big change overall in the way like we teach the kids um how to see themselves and basically yeah that's how i feel about it well thank you very much um i think uh that um i think it, it is very obvious that um based on like you know everything you spoke about today and you know those kind of drive home I think that there is a bit of a disconnect and um, like you talked about you know people are immediately classed into these groups as they come through society and all of that there is it would seem to be that you know there's that there is a huge kind of disconnect between someone's outward image and the image they want to project to other human beings in society and who they are really at the core and and other maybe you know um part of you know having poor mental health and all of that is that you know, for example, you left Portugal to go to England, you know, um, to, to study, you know, so you left the kind of like, 
the comfort zone of like, you know, you're familiar with the social environment in Portugal, you knew where you were in mm -hmm. the social environment in Portugal, the kind of being put into England and, you know, having culture, all the rest of it, you know, culture shock, having to move into a new area and all that. And it's a new country, of course, totally different from, from Portugal. Um, did it kind of like, was, did, did, did it maybe feel like there's no avoiding who I am deep down now? You know, like, because the, the self, the, the, the outward image or the false self, whatever you want to call it that, that I had in Portugal, for example, you know, it doesn't matter here. I have to rethink it. And that can just produce so much stress immediately. It's, you have to face yourself in a different way, kind of. I think what do you think of that that is a very interesting point um just to um uh just not correct you but, but you didn't know this about me i i didn't just live in um portugal i kind of traveled oh, a lot growing up so mm -hmm. like a bunch of different countries and continents but mm -hmm. it was i always went to like international schools so it was kind of like mm -hmm. the same culture in a way um but heading like but being in a country for so long because I did spend like quite a few years in each country like four to five you kind of get um and you in in my in my perspective because it's such a it's not something that everyone goes through like I'm by being an international kid you're kind of in a bubble and um there's not that much diversity within that bubble like these people all come from very privileged backgrounds um they all have like very similar personalities and uh -huh. um but obviously there's always people that kind of go away from that and they're a bit different and they're kind of shunned for it which is terrible but uh -huh. growing up like you said um I was in I kind of didn't know who I was myself I had this idea of what I thought it was cool and I what I really wanted to integrate to. And I thought that back at home, um, I was missing that uh, back at my school or at the place that I was in right before going into England. And one of the main reasons I wanted to go to the UK, to London, is because of the huge diversity um, of people, of scenes, of... Um, art and the way people dress the way that people express themselves I thought that I really um identified with that and I just really wanted to I was just daydreaming this is why it all came as a shock when I had that panic attack I was just daydreaming about all the sort of people I would meet and um all the like I would meet the my people in a way and how I would identify so much like them and how I wanted to be cool like them because I would see it on social media like Instagram Tumblr um yeah things of that nature and I just really wanted to dress like them be like them and all of that and like you said what after being exposed to that and um trying to fit into this particular group that I thought was amazing and just like the pinnacle of like social hierarchy I just really wanted to be part of it um and being exposed to it and then I just really didn't feel like myself mm -hmm. like obviously I have an, a very like everyone has unique personalities and so on and everyone is the way they are but yeah I really wanted to be like them think like them and just um, dress like them and just just do all the same things that they did but I just really felt out of place like yeah, this yeah. is not at all who I am like even the way mm. they talked or the things they said like didn't really 
resonate with me. I'm like, I don't even like this stuff. <laughs> I just thought it was so yeah. cool. And like that they were going out every night and doing this and that. And even the way that they, the things that they talked about, it really didn't interest me on a deeper level. Like you said, like I really just faced myself and I'm like, what am I doing? And then you just go into this really big deep hole of who am I? Like, why can't I be like these people? Or why haven't I found my my group yet? Or like, what's there must be something wrong with me for me to not, um, I don't know, maybe I just didn't think that me, myself, like the way I was, was good enough. Yeah. Which yeah. is not true at all. I'm really working hard to change that and build like a yeah. more confidence towards the way that I am just naturally mm. and just being okay with it. Like if someone from this particular group that I perceive as good or something that I want to be in does not resonate with me, that's completely fine. It's just, they're like, mm -hmm. I should really put myself forward and be like, like in front I should put myself like in front of all these people and be like you just don't like them and that's okay you're just not like them as well and you don't need to be to be great and be good and and be valuable you know just you're enough like you don't need to try and put this costume and whatever it's yeah. just, it was really hard coming to terms yeah. with that yeah Thank you. No, thank you very much. And um, we're down to that's been it's been a very, very interesting conversation. And thank you for being yeah. so open and honest and really, 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 really um eye-opening and, and very interesting. Thank you. Um we're coming up to the last sort of um just over a minute left now. Um have you any sort of quick advices you'd like to give someone who's maybe maybe they're in your say someone's in your, your situation currently, they're an international kid, they've moved around, they've they're struggling with who I am really versus who I think I want to be. Um in terms of all of that have you any quick advice just um one it's quite hard to give some advice while you're going through work yourself but the one thing I would like to mention is um for other international kids or people that are going through the same thing as me is to really focus on your interests uh what you like or and who you are um just try to learn more about yourself and not really try to fit into these superficial categories that you see out in the world put by society things that you think that are considered cool just um as corny as it sounds just go with the flow and if you have to some work to do on yourself do it and just um really spend time on improving who you are and you'll see um good results and and it does take work it does take a lot of work and I'm going through it right now but I do see some improvement that I feel more safe and more confident in who I am and at the same time I'm learning that I can just put boundaries on things and not expose myself to rejection or um, feelings of loneliness or isolation um, just by learning who I really am and yeah, that's that's one advice, even though it's a it's a bit weird because <laughs> I'm not there yet. That's one thing I would like for other people to know. Just be confident in who you are and it's okay to be different from other people. It's okay to have different interests. It's okay to have similar interests in some areas and difference in other areas. You're 
completely fine as you are and you're good enough just yeah no perfect uh no thank you very much um barbara it's been really um uh very honest and very sort of um yeah just a very very honest very very deep and very very thorough sort of um um story you've put out you know and it's just sort of what you've went through and what you've learned from it um been, it's been really great you know so uh, thank you very much for joining us today um my pleasure thank you so much for this great conversation barbara and ryan if you would like to join and share your story please email us or reach out on our social media channels you will find all the info in the podcast description see you next time